wil ek een grapje vertel van die pulpit af en ek krijg myself nooit om te doen nie so echt van vandag die vorige gebruik om een grap te vertel is nie lang in nie, en die wat het ken jylle mag nie antwoord nie die wat het nie ken nie, dit mag dalk snaks is vir jylle, ek weet nie ok, so ek het het geleer by ons awesome vriend René, hy vertel my eendag hoe maak het 10 ton mossie tjarp amen ja, dis hoe 10 ton mossie klink Ek weet, dit stupid. Maar dit is awesome. Ok, nou het ek dit ook van my hart af. Nou kan ons ernstig raak. Because God wants to do something, amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just commit this whole service to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that every hard heart will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that every broken heart will be comforted by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Awesome. Jylle kan sommer my oopmaak na Johannes 11 toe. Dit is een stuk wat die heer vir my gesê het. Johannes 11, jylle wat jylle bybelsie het. Um, Johannes 11, anders moet jylle my man net volg. John 11 verse 17. Ek weet nie of jylle het op die meer gaan gooi nie. Um, anders is het draag. Vat ons om net so. Thank you, Jesus. So John 11 is about a peace. It's about Jesus. Jesus has this amazing friend. His name is Lazarus. And Lazarus gets sick. And then Lazarus dies. Amen. Lazarus gets sick and then Lazarus dies. And what I love about Jesus is that he's not intimidated by death. Amen. So in John 11 verse 17, Jesus shows up. And you're just gonna, we're just going to read together. It says, then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Vier dae sy, sy beloved vriend dood. En Jesus daag nog steeds op. Now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, two miles about. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. So hier vind ons vir, vir Martha and Mary, wat, wat die sisters is van, van Lazarus. And many of the Jews came and they comfort them. Dit is een baie belangrike ding om te sien, want ons gaan het later weer sien. They comfort them. Okay. So then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and she met with him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have been dead. Okay. Baie belangrike stik om te sien, want ons gaan hierdie stik Okay. Eerst ding wat ek wil hulle moet sien, dat they were comforted by the Jews. The second thing I want you to see, is that they say to Jesus, if you have been here, our brother would not have been dead. And then she says, verse 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said unto her, your brother shall rise again. And we see how Jesus brings hope in a hopeless situation. We see how Jesus comes and he says, your brother shall rise again. I mean, is dit nie great nies nie? Is dit nie awesome nies nie? Your broers do it, and he come Jesus, and I say, when you are in your broer, 
sal weer lewe. En sy sê vir hom, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Sy sê vir hom, ek weet, hy gaan weer opstaan, hy sal een dag, as ons weer in die jimmel kom, dan sal ek hom weer daar sien. One day, somewhere, things will change. Amen? Somewhere along in the future, we will see things change. And then Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus says, what do you speak about one day, someday? I'm here right now. Amen? I am here right now. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. So what's the condition? The condition is, if you believe in me, then you shall have life. If you believe in me, then you will experience what I just talked about. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus forgets all about Lazarus and he confronts Martha and he tells her, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because you see, Martha is following Jesus for a few years now. But many times we sit in church, we come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but we don't even believe. And why are we here this morning? Why are you here this morning? Why are you here every Sunday? Why do you watch sermons on television? Why do you listen to Christian songs? Why? Why do we do this? crazy Amen? That's what they say. Do you believe this? And she said unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And so reply and say, Yeah, you're right. But how many times we say the right things and we don't actually mean it with our hearts? How many times we give God lip service and we, in His presence, we say, I love you, I love you, I love you, or I believe in you, I believe in you, I believe in you, until it, the time comes when we need to believe in Him. Amen? Then our faith is fading. Kom ons kijk wat gebeur. And when she, had, when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goes unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not been dead. Now why is this special to me? Why is this powerful to me? It's powerful to me because the Jews is the nation that's supposed to believe in God. They're the people that is supposed to know God. And they have the scriptures and the prophecies. And Jesus says that you have the ability to read the signs of the times. You have the ability to say, He's walking, he come dog green. But you don't have the ability to recognize me when the, the author of life stands in front of you. Amen? You don't have the ability to see that the Son of God is in front of you. So they have all these prophecies, but they miss Jesus the whole time. Now what is amazing to me is how Jesus shows up in a death situation. Four days. Not one day, two days. Four days. This body has been dead. He's already started to decompose. 
There's no hope. And I don't know where you are today, but the Lord showed me how many people, it's not that you have sin habits, it's the fact that you are dead. The problem is not that you struggle day to day to day to get, to get rid of your sin. The problem is, is that you are dead. And if you can realize that you are dead, then Jesus can change your situation. Amen? If you can come to the conclusion that I need help and I cannot help myself, then Jesus can change your situation. Amen? Can anyone amen say? The problem is not that you're a sinner. The problem is that you're a dead man. And the great thing about Jesus is that Jesus did not come to make bad men good. That's what Christianity has been telling us for this many years. Just sort out your sin problems. Amen? Just sort out your sin problems. It's not about your sin. It's not about the fruit. It's about the tree. Amen? You can try to make the fruit good. If the tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. Amen? And Jesus comes and He says, forget about the fruit of your sin. That's not the issue. The issue is your roots. The issue is the fact that you're a dead tree. And I am the author of life. I'm the resurrection of life. I can change your whole situation. Amen. It's not about your sin. It's about Jesus. It's about being dead and coming alive again. That's what it's all about. So Jesus comes and maybe he stands here today in front of you. Now, I don't know where you guys are at. But I do, I do know one thing. That Jesus is the author of life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. If there's some area of your life that is dead, then Jesus is here to change it. Not tomorrow, not, not as Martha said, Ya Lord, one day we will experience the resurrection. Ya, een dag is ons in die himmel is, dan gaan ek nie meer depressed wees nie. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Forget about one day, I'm here right now. That changes the whole script, amen? That changes the whole script. And why is it a problem? Because the Jews, the religious leaders of the day, come to Mary and Martha... And all they do is they comfort them. And that's the problem with church that does not preach the truth. That's the problem with preachers that does not preach the truth. They will comfort you in your sin. They will comfort you in your brokenness. They will comfort you in your deadness. Amen? And that ain't helping nobody. It's not okay if I tell you it's okay to be dysfunctional and broken and messed up. You just stay there and Jesus loves you. And one day when you get to heaven, one day somewhere, then everything will be okay. That's how we live as Christians. That's what we preach from pulpits. One day, one day, one day when you come back, amen? And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I can change your life right now. Why are you waiting, church? It's not about making a depressed man not depressed. It's about changing a dead man and making him alive. Amen? Don't agree? I hate religion. I, I despise religion. I hate the fact that it has the image without the substance. I hate the fact that people come to church, they sing the right songs, but they walk out and they never change. Because that's not what Jesus paid for. That's not why He came. That's not what the cross is all about. The cross is, He sees us in our brokenness. He sees us in our sin. He sees us in our messed upness. And He says, I'm not trying to make you good. I'm not taking your messed up broken heart and patching it up. I'm changing your life. I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. It's a transaction. Amen. It's from the one to the other. It's life and life in, a, in abundance. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy from everything in your life. And we just say, it's okay. The religious leader says, it's okay. It's okay to be there. It's okay to be there. 
And Jesus shows up and he says, I'm not taking this. That's not why I came. I came to crush. I came to destroy the works of the devil. That's the reason I came. It's not to pat you on the back. It's not to keep you in your sin and your brokenness. It's to change your life. Amen. Can I see this is on the clock here? That's amazing. And what we do, we keep people in their dysfunction. We keep people in their brokenness. We have a rehab. You guys know that. If I should treat the rehab guys like that, we would never see anybody free. Amen. If I tell them, yeah, I get it. I get it. Ek verstaan jou, maar dit gedoen, jou pa dit gedoen. Ek verstaan nie wat gemolesteer toe. En ek, ek wil, ja, 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 dit is ok. Weet jy wat, dit is alright, dit is ok. Een dag gesê, die jimmel kom, dan gaan ek goed nie meer saak maak nie. If I should treat any single one of them like that, not one of them will be freed. Amen? If I should just keep them in their dysfunction, in their brokenness, and that is what we do. We blame other people. Jesus, if you had been here, then my brother would not have been died. Ja, Heere, as jy nie daar ou gekeer het om my te molesteer toe ek klein was nie, dan sou ek nie so broken gewees het. Heere, as jy nie gekeer het dat A, B, C, D met my gebeur het nie, dan sou ek nie in hierdie situasie gewees het nie. Weet jy wat, Heere, ek wil niks met jy te doen he nie, want A, B en C. Jy het my nie protect nie, jy het nie dit nie, Heere, jy het nie opgedag toe ek wil gehad het, jy moes opdag nie. And what do we do? Jesus say, I'm not here to pat you on the back, I'm to change your life. Amen? And we do exactly what they do. We, we say to Jesus, we say, um, Jesus, if you had been here, then my brother would not have been dead. I'm angry at you, God. I'm frustrated with you, Jesus. If you are a God of love, why is there so much messed upness in this world? Have you heard that one? And I'm not taking away the emotion. I'm not taking away what happened to you or what has not happened to you. I'm not taking away that it's real and, it's, and it hurts and it's painful. But I'm saying we cannot stay there. Amen? I'm not giving you the permission to stay in your brokenness. I will weep with you. I will cry with you. I will encourage you. But the moment I encourage you to stay there, then I'm not giving you Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus sympathizes with our weakness. Jesus comforts us in our brokenness. But Jesus comes to a place where he says, Okay, my son, I want to remind you, this is the reason I came. is to destroy the works of the devil. It's to destroy that brokenness. What the world and the devil did to you, this is the reason I came. This is the reason I came. It's not okay to stay there. And I'm frustrated with religion because religion says you can stay here 20, 30, 40 years in church, but our life still remains broken. What about the power of the cross? What about the blood of Jesus that sets us free? What about the resurrection in the life? What about the water that when we drink of it, we are never thirsty again? What about the bread that when we eat of it, we never hunger again? What about that? Well, the problem is we give people, say it's okay, just to remain there. And I think of the person and the greatness and the power of Jesus, and I think, I don't want that. If that's Jesus, then I don't want it. That's not good news. That's not hope. It's not to say one day somewhere when I'm in heaven, then I'll be okay. It's not even about heaven. It's not even about hell. It's about the presence of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Kom eens lees verder. Ek haar het eindelijk helemaal te ver voor myself. So she also accuses Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. And it's true, right? Is a statement true or not? It's true. Absolutely. 
And many times our brokenness, it's not, tr- it's not that it's not true. It's that it's not the final say. Amen? It's not that it's not true. It's not that it's not true. Amen? Come on. Smile, you little. It's good news. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. Why was he troubled? Because there was no faith in the room. He was troubled because they see him, they know him, they walk with him for over three years. And he just told them, I am the resurrection and the life, and they still have no hope. They have no expectation for Jesus to change their situation. And he said to them, where have you laid him? What is he? Lazarus, what did he I want to go to him. And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And this is the amazing piece. The Bible says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And that's what I say. Jesus takes compassion on our brokenness, right? He takes compassion in our death. He takes compassion in the fact that, that the world has been unfair to us. It's true. And his heart breaks and he weeps. But he doesn't remain there. Because there's a time to, to cry. There's a time to heal. There's a time to laugh. And I love how Jesus can realize the situation. He can focus on the individual. He can cry and, and, and sympathize with the weakness. But then there comes a change. And he says, I am still the resurrection of, in life. In spite of the mercy. And many of us, we never go from the emotion to the truth. And that's why we're stuck. That's why we are in church over years, over the years, over the years. And we are so in, in the emotion of what happened to us, but we don't have the ability to see the truth that can actually transform us. Amen? You have to go from your emotion to the truth because your emotion will keep you in bondage. Your emotion will keep you bound. Your, your emotion will keep you in your brokenness, but the truth will set you free. Amen? That's what the Word says. The truth will set you free. So what is the truth? I am the resurrection in the life. I'm the one that can change your whole situation. Amen. Come on. Can it Jesus on the club? This amazingness. The truth can set us free. Jesus. And some of them said, Could not this man? Oh, no, sorry. Then he said to the Jews, verse 36, Behold how he loved him. And some of the men said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, of course, that even this man should not have died. So now it's not the inner circle that's criticizing and pointing fingers to Jesus. Now it's the whole world. They've heard your story. They've heard your brokenness. They've heard what happened to you. And now they say, Amen. Now it's not just the inner circle against Jesus. Now it's the whole town against Jesus. Now everybody hates Jesus because of your dysfunction and your brokenness. If you were so good, why didn't he change the situation? And it says that Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, comes to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take you away the stone. And that's the work of pastors. That's the work of evangelists. That's the work of ministers. That's the work of you as a Christian. It's not to change people's lives. I cannot change your life. I wish I could, but I cannot. Amen? My job is not to change your life. My job is not to change our guy's life. My job is to roll away the stone so that Jesus can come in. 
roll away the stone, take away the lies, take away the emotions, take away all the, the stuff that keeps you from encountering Jesus. Just roll it away. So that when I roll it away, Jesus in his power, in his majesty can come in and change people's life. Amen. So that people that's been heroin addicts, that's been sleeping on the street, in one moment can change their life. In one encounter. And see themselves being free. That's the power of the gospel. <clears throat> so we need to roll away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. There will be an odor. I like you this one more. By this time it stinks. <laughs> Amen. There is fear doll. By this time it stinks. Martha, I just thought you said 15 minutes ago that you believe in me. Her confession was, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the Son of God who just come to the world. Until she stands at the situation that should be changed. And then she said, I don't think you can go in there. Don't you realize it will stink? And I love Jesus because he's not intimidated by your brokenness. He's not intimidated by death. He's not intimidated by the fact that you stink. And that your life stinks and that your situation stinks and that everything stinks. Unintimidated King Jesus. Amen. I love it. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know how much you can hear. By this time he stinks. For he has been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, I rebuke her. I said I not unto you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. It act if you say that as you may so glory that you have honoring so sinning. Ten spite of the fire that they stink, ten spite of the fire that they fear the order, ten spite of the fire that the elect town may accuse. It act if you say that I am the resurrection and the life. That I can change your life. Did I not say it? You see how Jesus transferred from the fact that he wept from the emotionalism to the fact that he is the truth. He, he goes from emotionalism to truth. Because he knows the truth will set people free. Did I not tell you? Amen. It's good news. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you hear me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe that you have sent me. And I love how Jesus comes to the Father concerning you. That's what He is. That's what He does. He sees your brokenness. He sees the fact that you stink. He sees your situation. And then He goes to the Father and says, Thank you, Lord, that you hear me. And thank you that you always hear me concerning my children. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And when He thus had spoken, He cried with a loud voice. And so then, then, then Jesus shows up. Okay, he's, a, he's over the emotions. Jesus shows up. I love this. And when, he, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I think I'd be harder to scream. Okay? Lazarus, come forth. And I love how Jesus calls him by his name. He calls him by his name. And I don't know where you are, but Jesus calls you by your name this morning. In spite of any fire that you messed up, broken, seer, stink, do it is. He calls you by your name. Because He's the one that made you. He's the one that knows you better than you know yourself. He's, he's the one that, that cares for you, that loves you, that dreams over you. And He comes and He calls you on your name. Amen. 
Hij roept mij niet bij iemand anders naam, nie, hij roept roep me op mijn naam. En hij zegt niet, Armand, word een beter mens. Armand, los je zonde. Armand, hou brood en drink. Dat is niet wat hij zegt. Hij focust niet op die zonde, op die stink, op die bruikenis. Hij focust op die feit dat Lazarus dood is. Amen. And that's what I say. Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. Amen. That is the situation that dwells in your life. That messed upness. That brokenness. That is here. As you yourself can fix that, amen. <laughs> that's why we need Jesus. And with a loud voice, he called him by his name. Said, "Lazarus, come forth." And he who was dead came forth. Amen. He who was dead came forth. What happened? Lazarus says, no, Lord. No, I don't want to. You know? No, that's not what he says. It's impossible when the God of the universe calls you by your name not to respond in life. It's impossible. So why is people still in the midst of brokenness? Because they've made pastors, they've made preachers, they've made churches, but they never met Jesus. And they've had an encounter with church and they never met the man Jesus. Because if you make the man Jesus, you'll not be in your dysfunction, your brokenness. Because it's impossible to look the author of life who made everything, to look him in the eyes and say, I don't want you. It's impossible. Amen? It's Im- impossible to encounter love itself. God doesn't have love. God is love. It's impossible to meet love itself and not be overcome by the fact that you're a sinner, may stop broken and he still chooses you. It's impossible, church. Amen? So why are we as Christians, church in, church out, church things on, in and out, in and out, in and out, and we're still in our dysfunction because we've met religion and we've not met Jesus. And I hate it. I despise it. And my biggest passion, me and my wife's passion, is for people to meet Jesus. Amen? I love the church. I love the gathering. But this, if this is all there is, then I don't want it. Amen? If this is all it is, where we can come in and pat each other on the back and tell each other, stay in your dysfunction, stay in your brokenness. It's okay. One day when Jesus comes again, then we will be saved. If that is what it is, that's not good news. That's not Jesus. That's not why He came. That's not why He died. That's not why He rose again. Amen? The resurrection power means that Jesus looked your whole dysfunction, all your sin, all your brokenness, all your stinkiness. He looked them in the eyes and says, give me the keys of the kingdom. I've paid for this. I've paid for this brokenness. Give it to me. He takes the keys of the kingdom. He comes out of the grave and he rose again. Amen. Yes, I love it. It's Jesus. It's powerful. And which is amazing, he who was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave cloths. And some of us sit here today with grave cloths. It's not that we're not alive. It's not that we're not saved. It's that we just sit here for years and years and years and years and we still have our grave cloths. Amen? It's your verlede and it hang op you. It's not okay, church. It's not okay. It's not okay just to see your old stuff still hanging on you. You don't want that. Come back for you in the natural. Would you want that? Imagine you just raised from the dead. You eat all these clumps of old lappen, what's over your hang? You loop your eye, you Would you want that on you? So why do you tolerate it in the spirit? Why do you tolerate it in your life? Because that's exactly what we do, amen? I love it. And Jesus says, And his face was bound about with a napkin, 
And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Mark him loose. And that's all I'm trying to do today is just to make you loose. Make you loose. Can you see this? Can you see this mess? Can you see this? But here if you have a plan it means. Amen. There's more. There's more to Jesus. There's more to church. There's more to this life-giving person that we call Jesus. Amen. We need to come to a place where we're not okay to stay there. I'm almost finished with this scripture. And then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, they believed on him. So the only mensen wat hom nou gekruisig het, only mensen wat hom nou gekritisaas het, waar hoekom hy nou nie hier was, en hy het besef, oh, it's a greater miracle than just to be healed. It's greater than to be raised from the dead. Amen. It's greater glory. Some of them believed in him. And many people will believe in your testimony once you start to share it. Amen. Your testimony is not yours. Your testimony is to be shared with the world. Your testimony is to say, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. It's not once I was a sinner, now I'm not a sinner. It's once I was dead, now I'm alive. Amen. <coughs> but some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. You always get them. You always get them. Jesus literally just raises the dead and they just go and speak to the Pharisees. They go to the churches and say, what, did Jesus do this? And their intention is to stone Jesus because they cannot handle the power, the love, the authority that Jesus carries. Amen. They cannot take it. They cannot take it. And that's the message I have for you guys today. I ask the Lord, Lord, if this is my last message to this church, what would I say? And my message is and always be, will be, that I hate religion, but that I love Jesus. And it's not okay to stay in your dysfunction. It's not okay to sit year in and year out, messed up and broken, when the author of life calls you by your name. Amen? It's not okay, church. And maybe you're here, you're so messed up and broken, and I want you to see Jesus that weeps with you. He weeps with you. Amen? He takes, he takes comfort in the fact that he... He, he, he's also feeling what you go through. He knows exactly what you went through. But he doesn't change his confession that he can change your life. Amen? Why are you here this morning? And why am I here this morning? That's the greatest question that you can ask yourself. Why are you alive? Why do you take your next breath? Why are you not dead yet? Why are you still here? Just to get by. Amen. Come on, guys. That's not it. That's not Jesus. That's not the fullness of his of the gospel. That's not even good news. Amen. Come and suffer for the volgende paar jaar so dus dag dalk in die hemel kan kom. Amen. It's not Jesus. I want you to see it's not Jesus. And I want you to, to get to a place where you're not okay with religion. You're not okay with what you've been heard. That you're not okay with what you've experienced. Amen? You should not be okay with it. Because Jesus is here to change our life. Right now. Good news is that I can change my life right now. That I don't have to be depressed anymore. Amen? So why am I here? 
So most of you guys know that we take a huge faith step. We're going to go to the Cape, Cape Town. We're going to start a ministry and business there. And what a journey. Flip it. <laughs> so much fear. So much stress. So much emotions that came up. Amen. It's not a time where you leave your job. Many people leave, lost it, leave their jobs and lost their jobs to COVID every single day. And God comes and says to us that I want you to leave your job. It's, nie, it's a willful choice. It's not per ongeluk. It's not from circumstances that happen in your work. And Jesus comes and says, I believe you to choose. I believe you to have trust. I believe you to know that I'm your father. Amen. I'm your dad. I want you to learn to trust me. Because Armand, you don't trust me. Amen. And I had to ask myself, why am I here? Why do we do these things? Why would, I, why would I even do this? Why would I leave my job? Why would I leave my safety, my security, my family? Why would I take my wife and go to a place that's unknown? Leave my job and be on faith. Amen. It's not as, as if the business make money at this stage. It's all Jesus. And I distanced myself from people because I, I, I don't need people's influence in this time. I didn't need it. Because I know people say, you're crazy, man. What are you doing? What are you talking about? I try to distance myself and just be with Jesus. Because every time when I come from anyone that's rational, I come back and my emotions is down. Amen? And I feel like, yes, I'm... I don't know. I, don't, I cannot see it, Lord. And then my emotions is all over the place. I need to teach myself. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you believe. Amen? It's not about what you think or what you feel or what your opinion is. It's about what did I say. That's what changes our life. Amen? And I'm not going to make it all about us, but God came through for us on a mighty way. One week before we go. It's Jesus. <laughs> Raises the dead in our midst. I thank Him for that. Um, but I ask myself, why do I do this? Why am I here? Why do I sing the songs? Why am I even a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Because your parents told you? Because the culture tells you? Because why the heck are we here? Amen? And I started meditating on this. Why, why, do, why, why do I do this? From a small little boy, why do I devote myself to this lifestyle? And then I saw Jesus. And I realized I do this because He loves me. He loves me. Because you know what? I can screw up today and screw up so badly that my wife will leave me or can leave me. Amen. And that's not making her a bad person, that's just saying that's life. Amen. I can screw up so bad that my own father and my own mother and my old brother. Reject me. Amen. That's how much I can screw up. And then there's a man that says, In your brokenness, I still choose you. I still choose you, Arma. I still love you. The Bible says, While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. It's not when you were all perfect. It's not when you were added all together. It's not when you stopped drinking, smoking. It's not, it's not at that place where Jesus chose you. It's when you were Lazarus and yet gestunk, broer. It's there where He meets us. 
It's there where He chooses us. It's there where He says, I hope, I hope I'm a bad employee. I want His life. I'm not entertained with death. I'm not entertaining death. I'm raising the dead. Amen? It's the fact that He chooses me in spite of myself, in spite of my cases, in spite of the fact that I'm still broken. Amen? And He looks at me and His idea about me doesn't change. It's the fact that I was formed in my mother's womb. And the Bible says, while you were formed in your mother's womb, Jesus knew you. He knew you. The problem is, what sin does, is sin doesn't separate God from you. Sin separates you from God. Sin doesn't separate God from you. Sin separates you from God. Your brokenness doesn't separate God from you. And that's what religion taught us. Religion taught us that God is so holy that He cannot look at your sin. Who has ever heard that? God cannot look at sin. That's why God the Father looked away when Jesus was crucified. Because God is so holy, He cannot look at sin. It's not the truth, church. God is not intimidated by sin. God is not intimidated by your brokenness. He didn't look away because the sin was too much. He looked away because the thing that breaks every single person on this earth is rejection. There's not one in this room that has not been rejected in some way or misused or abused. Amen. He didn't look away because the sin was too much. There was an agreement in heaven that Jesus has to go through every single thing that stops us from the Father. That He has to openly accept every single thing that you couldn't even pay for yourself, so He'll come and pay it for you. And the one thing that you cannot pay yourself for yourself is the fact that you are rejected. Amen? You're rejected by the world. You're rejected by yourself. Most of you guys don't even like yourself. <laughs> Amen? And God the Father looks at Jesus and He had to look away. Because Jesus had to take something that you and I could not take. And what is that? It's rejection. God the Father had to look away from Jesus. Jesus take the fullness of the world's rejection upon Himself so that when Jesus rises again, Jesus can look at you and not reject you. So that when the Father looks at you, He says, I've already looked away to my Son and therefore I can look at you in your brokenness, in your sin, in your messed upness. He had to take the rejection. He had to pay for it, pay it in full. I mean, so when He looks at you, He still sees the man or the girl or the boy that is formed in your mother's womb. Who's that guy? Who's that girl that was formed in your mother's womb? Who's that guy? Who are that guy? Who is that guy? Engels. Who's that guy? You see, most of what we see here is not even you. Most of what you show to me is not even you. It's just rejection upon rejection. You said, I will not see it, I will not see it, I will not see it. So come and sit law and law and law and law on myself so that I will not see it. We just cover ourselves and we become something we are not. You are not even what God made you to be. Because when you were in your mother's womb, He sang over you, He had plans over your life. He loves you. He dreams over you. And what happens now? You're born into this broken world and sin separates you from God. So, jij voelt onvrijmoedig tegenover God, je voelt onvrijmoedig tegenover mensen, je voelt onvrijmoedig tegenover jezelf. 
And that's why it doesn't help we come and change the situation. The Bible says you need to get reborn. Amen. Herbore. We're going to baptize few people after church. And that's exactly what it is. That this old, messed up, broken guy, here over the layer said, I choose to go into the water as Jesus went into the grave. As Lazarus went into the grave with my stinkiness, my sin, my, all my stuff, I went into the grave. And all hope is done. And this old guy that is just messed up and broken, Jesus comes forth and he says, stand up. And I stand up in a new life. You see the old Armand, what not up is, and Christian. You need to get reborn. You need from death to life. Amen. That's what it means, church. That's what it's all about. Amen. You need to get reborn. You need to get changed. You cannot change your life by staying the old and trying to patch up the new. We preach it in church. You cannot take old wineskins and pour new wine in it. Amen. New wine for new wineskins. Amen. Who's that guy that God sings over and that God dreams of? Who's that guy that's still at that little boy, that little girl that had his dreams for life? Amen. Feast die. Because that's the guy Jesus wants to come and restore. He will die come restore. Toen klein was. Toen imagination Amen. Because that's what Jesus comes to make me. I want to give you a hope and a future. <laughs> Amen. Not hope for one day when He comes back. Now. I want to give you a hope and a future. I want to change your life. Amen. Who's that guy? I bet you don't even recognize him anymore. Ken him nog. Weet jy wie hy is? Daai jong sienkie, daai jong meisiekind in jy. Daai een wat nooit die kans gehad het op die leven nie. Because God comes and He makes that thing all new. Amen? Jesus take, took your rejection, church. And I think of Adam and Eve, and I'm going to close off with this. I think of Adam and Eve, the moment they sinned in the garden. I love Jesus because Jesus still shows up. The moment they sinned, Jesus showed up in the garden. It's not that He cannot look at sin. The Bible says, David writes and says, If I go to the highest heavens, Lord, you are there. If I go to the deepest pits of hell, you are there. It's not intimidated by our sin and our brokenness. Amen? It's not even intimidated by hell. He went man alone in there. So I love this because now they've sinned. Now they've fallen short of the glory of God. Now they've missed the mark. And Jesus still walks into God and says, Adam, Adam, where are you? And I don't know, maybe Jesus is walking in this church today and He calls you by name. Armand, where are you? Armand! Armand! Where are you? What, what, what did Jesus see? He sees me in my brokenness. He sees me taking leaves. Because I realized I was naked. I realized I was messed up. I realized I was broken. I tried to cover the brokenness. That's what the rejection does. The moment you feel rejected, you start to cover that which is hurt. You cover that which is messed up and broken. You cover that which is open, which is vulnerable. You, you cover that. Amen. And Jesus comes and He sees me. He sees me. I have all leaves. Well, leaves not going to do the job. Amen. <laughs> it's not going to solve the problem. It doesn't help you patch yourself up. 
I love how Jesus still walks in the garden. He calls their name. And that's how I know that sin doesn't separate God from you. It separates you from God. Amen. And God just comes with arms wide open and says, where are you? My mind didn't change about you. Amen. Here I am. I still want to walk in the garden. And what does Adam do? Oh Lord, we realize we're naked. How do you realize you're naked? Well, we ate from the fruit. Amen. Of the tree of knowledge of evil and evil. Oh, how, how did you get it? No, my wife. <laughs> the woman you gave me. See the blame shifting? Always blame shifting. Blame shifting for our choices. Blame shifting for our dysfunction. Blame, blame shifting for how broken we are. It's always somebody else. And yes, it may have been, but it doesn't change the fact that Jesus walks in the garden today. And He calls you by your name. I don't change my mind about you. And there we see Jesus making the first sacrifice. And He, he Himself made garments for them. Which is a prophetic act of what will happen thousands of years later. I will clothe you with my Holy Spirit. Amen. The moment you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and He clothes you. Why? So that you don't even see yourself as naked and messed up and broken anymore. So that you change your own reality. And you see that it's Jesus in me. Amen. He clothes us. He clothes us. And I'm going to end off with this. Why do we live in our brokenness? Because we've built our whole life on a lie. Amen. If you're still in your messed up, your brokenness. If you're, if you're still at a place where you feel like this Jesus thing is not for me. You probably met church and religion and not Jesus. Amen? It's not okay to remain there, church. Jesus is here to change your life. And He will remove every single lie that people said about you, remove every single lie that you even believe over yourself. He says, just take that off. It's okay. You can, you can knock from a stone. You can fragile and messed up and broken from a stone. I don't change the way I feel about you. Amen. I made you, my son. I made you, my daughter. I know the dreams and the plans I have for you. And I will weep with your brokenness, but I will also change your life. Do you give me permission to come in this today? Do you give me permission to come into the, 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 the grave of your heart and call that which was messed up and broken, which is lost, to, to call it back forth and make you a new person? Do you realize, church, it's not okay to remain in your brokenness? That's why the world hates Jesus. Because we are full of Christians that walk with our filthy clothing. We don't represent life. We represent death. Amen? That's why people say, that's a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. Amen? Yeah. Because we don't represent life. And God is going to come and He's going to clean you. The fact that you hate yourself, that you hate what you've done. The fact that you don't even know yourself, it's going to change all that. If you allow Him to. Amen? I know rejection. I know what it feels like. But I also know acceptance. I also know the fact that I'm loved. Amen? My passion is for people to get saved. Not for people to pray a prayer. It's my passion. Praying a prayer won't change your life. 
Amen. It's not the prayer. It's not like living in your dysfunction and one day you get to heaven. <laughs> Hello. What a child. Mag ons so na Jesus te harde vandag. Amen. Jesus. 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 Kijk wat dien sê. Tel hom op. Tel hom op. I love you. That's what Jesus does. Amen. You can close your eyes. I'm just going to pray. Open your heart to Jesus. He wants to change your life. The Lord says, I'm not angry at you. The Lord says that I know what happened to you. I know what you've done. I know your sin habits. I'm fully aware of your brokenness and your sin and your darkness that you live in. But my son and my daughter, I want to tell you that I I still choose you. I still choose you. I understand that the world hates you. I understand that you even hate yourself sometimes. But I want you to know the truth and reality is that I haven't changed my mind about you. You are still the one that I love. You are still the one that I formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. That I sang songs over. That I rejoice over with dancing and singing. You are still the one I love. Don't think I'm angry. Don't think that I'll cast you off. I'm here to change your life. If you let me, I'll change your life. I'm so excited about what I've created in you. Because there's no one on this planet that has that you have. No one can do what you do. No one can talk the way you talk. No one can dance before me like you dance before me. No one can sing to me. I fall smooth with you for me sing. I love it. When it's your stem. I love you. I love you. I still choose you. Come on. No one looks like you. I still choose you. Do you hear all heaven sing that? I choose you. I call you by your name this morning. I say, come to me. I'm not angry. I'm going to take everything you cover your life with. Everything that you think will make it all okay. I'm going to take it off. And I'm going to, I'm going to clothe you with my Holy Spirit and with power. I'm going to clothe you with real love. I'll change your life. I'm not trying to make you a good person. If that was my goal, then I would never have died. I would give you another book that just say, do this, do this, do this, or don't do this. Don't you realize that the Lord just shows you that your face is dirty? The rules and regulations, this just shows you that you don't make it. <laughs> it just shows you that you're not there yet. 
But my son, my daughter, I didn't stop at the law. I came in flesh. Because you had a wrong perception about who I am. You thought that I was all about rules and regulations. You thought that my only plan was to make you a good person. The law will show you your face is dirty, my son. But the mirror cannot clean your face. The rules and regulations cannot change your life. You need me. And I'm so ready to wipe your face and every bit of darkness and messed upness and dysfunction. I'll wipe it off. I'll clean you from the inside out. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't try to fix the outside, but you know you are dead inside. Don't be like a, a whitewashed tomb. That is so beautiful on the outside and you say the right things, but inside you're not alive. I want to make that dreams from a young boy and young girl, I want to make them alive again. So that you change from the inside out. Amen. I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. And all I'm asking you, allow me to change your life. Do not blame me for what happened to you. See that it is all for the glory of God and I can change your life far more than you can ever dream or imagine or think. I love you enough to change your life. I love you enough to heal your sickness and your brokenness. I love you enough not to pat you on the back like the Pharisees does and tell you it's all okay. One day you'll be delivered. No. I'm here to raise you from the dead. And I will call you by name. Just hear how God calls your name this morning. And what does he sound like? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is this is more this is more this is